This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm author and editor Angela Spera. I normally host this podcast with Laura Lane, my co-author of the book, This Is Why You're Single. You know the deal. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week, Laura continues her maternity leave. Um, She will be gone for probably the next two episodes, and then we will have her back and we'll hear all about her adventures in motherhood part two, but she's doing well and she sends her best to everybody. In the meantime, filling in once again, we have the famous, my fiance, Ian. Yay. I yeah. hope your listeners are not disappointed again. <laughs> this is week two. We, we, we brought you back. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, This week's episode is called Keeping Arguments Respectful. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener whose boyfriend has gained weight, which is the only remarkable thing about him. Uh, Just kidding. Totally can't relate. Totally can't relate. And another listener who's dealing with some resentment after moving in with her boyfriend. Tons of boyfriend problems. That's why we have you here to help us answer these questions. We have me here to represent the male experience. But then we will talk about what's in the news. The COVID vaccine is affecting people's periods, not mine, and some people are skipping their second dose. How stupid. But first, Angela, what's been on your mind this week? Well, actually, I picked uh, our period news story because I personally identify with it because everybody. Um, So I got my first dose of the vaccine. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> you were there. I drove you to the Bronx. Yes, I had to go all the way up to the Bronx. You were already fully vaxxed because, as we talked about on the podcast on a previous episode, you are in the high BMI club. I'm in. I'm, it's like the mile high club, but for people who eat too much food. I like to actually. I have coworkers that have asked me, like, "Oh, like you got your first vaccine?" And I said, "Yes. All these years of eating delicious food have finally <laughs> paid off." So, I mean, this is great. This is like um, for for the listener that we have coming up that has the question about her boyfriend gaining weight. I feel like you're going to be able to find a silver lining for him. You're going to be like, get your vax. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> it's safer for everyone. <laughs> uh, no, but so, yeah, you are fully vaxxed. Um, I, at the time of the, when this episode comes out, I will also be fully vaxxed. But right now I'm in between doses and I'm a little nervous for my second one because my first one was rough and most people have a fine time with their first dose. Um, I, I was so excited because I had accidentally scheduled my hair trial for the wedding the day before my first vaccine appointment. So I was like, I'm going to show up looking glam as fuck i'm gonna look like dolly fucking parton with giant hair because i had like big hair extensions um and i was like this is the right way to do this this is gonna be great you were you even chose your outfit you chose a, a shirt that didn't have sleeves well, i think it was a turtleneck that didn't have sleeves well yeah. this is the one time that a sleeveless turtleneck comes in handy because it was cold but also you need your arm exposed it's the perfect 
vaccine look? I, I actually don't think it's that, just sidebar, it's not that impractical of a of a piece of clothing, I would say. There's just like five days out of the year <laughs> when it, the weather is perfect for it. But on those five days when you wear it, it feels glorious. I know that as a man, you probably can't identify because there really is no equivalent. I think the equivalent would be like a, a like a padded vest like that finance bros wear oh that yeah that just keeps like, a certain uh, portion of one of those like warm. like barbour quilted <laughs> waxed vests yeah yeah totally except yeah. the mock neck turtleneck is less douchey sure but anyway yeah i had my outfit planned i had my hair did woke up at like 6 a.m because my appointment was i think at 8 a.m and i needed time uh to process and mentally prepare and also shower um, so we got there, I got the vaccine, I was so excited, and then I didn't feel too good, like, not long after, and I was like, huh, and then a few hours later, I got my period, and I was like, okay, maybe that's why I didn't feel good, not even the vaccine, and it was like, I was due to get my period that day, so not a big deal, um, and then it was really, really heavy. And then the next day, it continued to be really heavy. And at that point, I was like, weird, but I didn't necessarily think it was related to the vaccine. And then usually for me, with my period, by the third day, it starts to lighten up a little bit. Uh, it continued to be just as heavy. And then, guys, I started to get blood clots, giant blood clots. Um, and I was like, well, my organs are falling out of my body and I'm dying. And I panicked. And, and I just started... to be clear, this is this is still somewhat. This is a different situation than like what's been. I mean, similar but but different than what has been in the news regarding the Johnson and Johnson. Right. I know. Vaccine. I feel like saying yeah, just the, just clarify the blood clot word is scary because it's triggering. The, yeah, the blood clot is, is like has, the Johnson. I got the Moderna for what it's worth. I got the Moderna, but uh, no, it's these were like. These were blood clots coming out of my vagina. Your which, what? If you are a person who menstruates, which Ian is not, not uh, yet, you might be familiar with. Yeah, like sometimes you get like little ones during your period, but like these were like enormous, and I was like, "What?" Can you give us just because we're on the radio here? This can is you not just the radio. Describe... You old fucking man. This is a podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like radio, um, but you're right. It's a podcast. Uh, so, can you just for our listeners at home or in the car or mm -hmm. on the subway, um, can you describe the maybe like radius or diameter of these? <sighs> yeah, no. Okay. Um, but uh, point is, so I had like. Obviously, you going into getting the vaccine, I did lots of research because I wanted to make sure it was the the right choice. And I encourage everyone to do the same research. And like I was aware or what I thought was aware of like were all the side effects. I did not know about the period thing being a side effect until it happened to me. And then I started Googling. And even then there was hardly any, any information. It was all like anecdotal. And in the time since, because now it's been a few weeks, now there's a lot more information out there about it. And it's way less scary if you expect it. But if you don't expect it, you think you're dying. Um, and the reason I'm talking about it, I know there's a lot of vaccine hesitancy and I don't want this to contribute to that. I just want people to be aware of, of the, that this can be 
well, I think a it's- thing that happens. But all my my gynecologist who I called that day, she was like, first of all, think it's good that you got the vaccine. This is good. Like this is not unusual. We're hearing this, but it's no cause for alarm. So yeah, I I, I also think you know to your point, like a lot of as as more people get it across, and I know they, I mean, they did a ton of testing with, you know, varieties of people across many, like, age groups and different de- demographics and whatnot. But, you know, I think until you start to vaccinate the population in mass, it's just, you know, certain things are going to probably come out that are that are new, but they're not necessarily, you know, but but they're not, like, reasons not not to get it. But just, you know, it, it's important that our, that our uh, sources of media arm us with enough information that we can at least just, like, know what to expect and, and look out for is that when things do happen that are, a bit abnormal in our bodies, we can just attribute it to, to, uh, to, to, the, to the vaccine. Like for, for example, when I got it, I had like, um, a slight, I had like a very like sore pain in my, in my clavicle area. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up and luckily there, there was information that said like, yeah, that's like there, there's like a lymph node there, I think. And that, so it's just like your body is basically, is basically doing its thing, which is, you know, a positive thing, but you know, some, you know, not everybody knew that, you know, they might be, be, you know, freaked out. So. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like it's about transparency yeah. and like let people make the best decision for themselves. But uh, I'm still glad I got it. You know, no regrets. And I will be getting my second dose this coming weekend. And then I can't wait to have a little more freedom in my life. Ian, you've been living that fully vaxxed life for a few weeks Yeah. now. Do you feel? I mean, you have. I, I'm I'm with you all the time, so I know you haven't really done anything <laughs> that exciting. But yeah, I definitely have not ripped the bandaid off yet. Uh, I think you know, but I think I'm I'm easing up to it. I mean, it's uh you know, it's weird to think that after this whole year, I might do something normal again. Um, but then you know, we've been lucky. We've you know, living in New York, and finally the weather's getting a little nicer. So we've done a little bit of outdoor dining, which is which is nice. And you know, we've been able to have a taste of doing something that's outside of our apartment which is yeah very, very nice because even when you're doing something safe there's like still that like feeling of like oh it's okay so it's nice like just feeling that alleviate as time goes on yeah hopefully it'll dissipate yeah also this episode is coming out two days before our wedding damn so that's going to be like our first really big thing which is not a big thing it's going to be a small thing but that's big event. Be the biggest thing that we uh, do in a our post-COVID lives. So, I'm. That was our goal was to be fully vaccinated for that, and we are, and I'm very excited. Yeah, and we are, and everybody who we're gonna have there hopefully is too. So. Yep. Yeah. Very exciting. All right. Now it is time to jump into our mailbox, but first let's take a quick sponsor break. We would like to thank our sponsor, Osea. Osea creates skin and body care products powered by the sea. So I actually just put my Osea on. I'm looking at the bottle and it says minimizes look of stretch marks, which let me tell you, I'm very excited about because I have to wear a bathing suit soon and I do have some stretch marks on my legs. So in addition to making me all soft and silky and smooth, I'm also putting a little extra on my stretch marks. So very exciting, perfect product. For the summertime. Um, Osea's 
Undaria Algae Body Oil, which is what I just used, instantly moisturizes and replenishes dry skin, leaving every inch silky smooth. Skin is super soft and glowing with Undaria Algae, Acai Pulp, and Babasu Seed Oil. Osea soaks hand-harvested Undaria Algae in barrels of oils for up to six months. The result is liquid gold, a rich, luxurious, never greasy body oil, fragrant with sunny citrus and top notes of sweet passion fruit. I have to say it really is not greasy. It feels great and it's also vegan and cruelty-free, so we love that. Um, you can try Osea yourself risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on orders of over $50. They even send free samples with every order. To get 10% off your first order, you use our promo code THISISWHY at oseamalibu.com. That's 10% off with code THISISWHY at oseamalibu, spelled O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U, like the place, malibu.com. Angela, what do we have in the mailbox? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Ian. Um, well, the much-anticipated question from our listener who uh, has a boyfriend who gains some weight. This is from our listener, Rachel. This and is the guy. This is the, the guy. The guy. This, is, this is the situation going on with Rachel. So Rachel says, My boyfriend and I have been together for about two years now, and the entire time we've been long distance. We met in college, but then I moved back to where I grew up, and he moved to a completely new place. At first, he was having a good time exploring, meeting new friends, doing new things, but then COVID hit. He's always struggled with depression, but for a year now, it's been pretty hard, and I noticed that he's gained a lot of weight, maybe about 25 pounds. Recently, I've been finding myself less attracted to him because of this. I still love him, but something just isn't the same as before. And I know that's super shallow of me, but I hold health and fitness in such a high regard. I'm a marathon runner and work out five times a week. It bothers me to see him gain weight like this. He's also expressed how he's unhappy with how much he's gained, but he doesn't do anything to change this. What should I do? I don't want to continue to feel less and less attracted to him. But I also know talking about body image and weight gain can be delicate topics, especially if you're already insecure about it. Any suggestions on how to talk about weight gain with your partner? So I think this is a great question for you and I to answer together. Why is that? <laughs> not, not for the obvious I've, reason. Yeah, but not because I've gained weight. I've always been at a high weight. <laughs> right. But also, but also the element of the fact that it's related to him being yeah. depressed and, yeah. and going through some mental health struggles, which I think you and I also can kind of speak to. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> a lot after this. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um and I I feel like this is something that for, well first of all, I think the first thing I want to say is she says I know that this is super shallow. And I don't think that it is shallow because I think that what is actually happening is more so that like when somebody is gaining weight because they are depressed, like the... the There's a deeper thing happening. Right. To your point, like about like, in this case, it sounds like his like internal state is reflecting itself outward in, in the form of like, you know, not taking care of himself. And that, yeah, totally. It's like... You know, it's 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 manifesting itself physically, but ultimately, yeah, you probably are, you know, just 
feeling sorry for him and you know ultimately it's impacting your 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 relationship right and it's hard you're long distance so you can't be there with him which yeah. is really difficult especially because... during a pandemic and that yeah and that's the other thing too where where it's just like not only has um you know not only have you know this this person has de- depression but it sounds like you know, I mean, like during a pandemic and everything that we've gone through in the last year, like that can just completely exacerbate and amplify, you know, the the worst qualities we we have and like and and also like problems like anxiety and depression get worse. Just you know, not not being able to like engage with life the way we're we're used to. We're not able to like none of this is normal. Right. So like having that reaction is totally you know yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you it's at- normal. At one point during like the depths of all this, you and I kind of had to have a come to Jesus moment where it was like we were both obviously very sad and going through our own separate like situations mentally with all this. And that was like manifesting in how we took care of ourselves. Um, And I know that it's awkward to bring up not an easy thing to discuss with somebody because you don't want to hurt their feelings when they're in a vulnerable state, but also nothing is going to change if you don't talk about yeah that stuff. And I also think that it sometimes like with, with you and I, when we talked about it, it also kind of was this kind of thing where like you like, it was like you realized or you didn't realize it was happening you know, like, and then then it opened the door to talk about it. And once you talk about something that you're going through, then you begin to think about ways to change it. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think that, like, you know, not not talking about it, obviously, the problems just continue to fester. And, and that's not going to help anybody. But, you know, as long as you frame it in, in a way that comes from a place of, like, you know, I really care about you and, and, I'm, and I'm concerned and I want you to, you know, not, not only, like, like, look healthy but i want you to feel healthy and i want you to you know and the thing is that if he has depression like you know i think there's you I mean there's just ample places for him to like find outlets to talk to somebody there's a lot of now like apps like uh, uh like talk space and and there are a lot of apps similar to that where you know if he can't you know afford therapy like maybe he can talk to somebody at like a discount like but it's important that better like help. he better help as oh uh, better help i'm sorry see this is where i'm an amateur better help <laughs> use better help but uh but yeah like there's a ton of resources out there for people to essentially like work on those things and i think this year like i mean i i go to therapy and i and i know in talking to therapists that like there has been there's been a, a boom in people needing to talk to people and i think that just making sure that he's um you know taking taking the, the reins and doing something about it rather than letting his problems fester. Yeah. Yeah. And I also would say like you're his partner and, and you should be like there for him to vent to and to talk yeah. this stuff out. But you also can't be the only person like he should, if he's yeah, going through exactly. this, if he's not already talking to a therapist, he should be because you both need that support. Yeah. Um, And I also think that like, maybe you could also talk to a therapist because I think like it can also help you as like having a partner that is going through that. You want to make sure that you have somebody who is guiding you, not just in the best way to navigate it, but like making sure you're 
taking care of yourself, you know, yeah. like every, yeah. uh, you, that's the theme of this show all the time. You guys know that well, we always are just like, go to therapy, ultimately <laughs> go to therapy, but especially yeah. in this case. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. It'd be, it's also good to have, yeah, to your, to your point, Ange, have somebody to bounce ideas off of and try to navigate the conversation in a way that's, that's like sensitive, but productive. Um, okay. I hope that helped, uh, our listener, Rachel. And next we have an anonymous question and they write, I recently moved in with my boyfriend. I honestly resented having to move into his space versus us moving into a new place together. Figuring out finances has been interesting too. At first, the agreement was that I would pay for electric groceries and fun stuff, but no rent. I soon realized that I was paying more than him overall while he makes three times as much as I do. That led to some awkward, I know, that led to some awkward but definitely necessary conversations. Any tips for having these conversations? Yeah. I mean, they are not fun. (laughs) And I understand why. But they're important. They're definitely important. Very important. And they're not fun. They're sometimes very boring. Um, But they, but the thing is that, like, again, like similar to, to, to the other thing, like, they're awkward. They require a little bit of confrontation, but ultimately, like, if you look at it from the point of view of like, you know, you both care about each other and you want to have an outcome that feels the most fair and equitable. Um, you know, I, I think that coming at it with like an accusatory tone is probably not good. So like, be like, like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm paying three times. Like, <laughs> like that isn't be like you're trying to scam me. Like, that's not. That's definitely not. Uh, yeah, you probably don't need to assume ill intent. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I do actually. We were actually talking about this recently. Yeah. That I think you know I I I I I've thought about this a lot because um, you know we have different incomes and like and we have friends and I and, and 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 I have friends that are in similar situations and I think it's like totally reasonable to like depending on you know both parties' comfort levels like figuring out like a percentage of like you know you kind of like add up your total incomes and then each pay a percentage of, you know, rent or whatever, you know, towards that. And then, you know, you find things to split evenly. Like, you know, maybe we would do that with like rent, but then we would, you know, when it comes to like meals or groceries, we split those things evenly. But I think having that conversation and trying to work on a solution, there's also a lot of stuff on the internet about, you know, you can like look up like, just like Google search, like how to split, you know, bills with with like a partner. There's a ton of resources that, um, that that'll guide you we also you and i keep an excel doc that uh that keeps track of our expenses to try and keep things as even as possible um yeah because we don't have i think it's different when people just have a joint bank account and then there's like you know you're both you're drawing from the same place um but we don't do that so Yeah. yeah i think having like documentation in some way like for us it's like the excel doc that Ian is very good at maintaining because yeah. that's the thing. Not everybody is good at this stuff. Sometimes yeah. in a partnership, you bring different things to the table. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but also at the same time, like I get the sense of like, and you and I have talked about this too. Like it's also like not fun to keep score. And that's the other no. thing too. So it's like finding a balance of like creating a system that just feels like a very low pressure and very like, much like you have an equal understanding of like what the expectations are and setting those ground rules at the beginning is definitely helpful. Yeah. And making sure both parties are comfortable because yeah. otherwise resentment can grow and you don't yeah. even realize it's there and it's happening. And then all of a sudden there's like you get into a fight that yeah. starts out about one thing 
and then it's actually about like, hey, I <laughs> I bought all these chips. Right. And you didn't give me any money for the chips. Well, and that's the thing. You you, you don't want to force yourself to be in a situation where you're like a, a friggin' mind reader. Right. Where like with, with some, and so that's like also like having also candid conversations about like what you value in terms of like, you know, the the way you spend your money is also a good thing to do at some point. Yeah. Um, I hope that helped. If you guys want your listener question questions answered, you can email us at contact at this is why the podcast.com or as most people have been doing lately you can dm us on instagram at this is why the pod please be concise you can also find our contact info on our website this is why the podcast.com now we're going to talk about what's in the news okay let's talk about what we've been reading this week so like i kind of mentioned up top i wanted to talk more about the period and vaccine stuff because I just don't feel like there has been enough discussion around this and slowly there are more articles coming out. But um, so this article that I grabbed was from today.com and it's the title was could the COVID-19 vaccines impact menstruation experts discuss. This is by Megan Hollihan. And um, this article featured um dr kate clancy who i recommend if you if you had this happen to you the period stuff or, or if you're interested in it um i follow dr kate clancy on twitter and she is the head of the clancy lab at the university of illinois and it focuses on women's health research and she has been, I feel like, quoted in every article about this. Like, she's, like, kind of leading the charge on researching and getting more information. And she's actually conducting a study that I participated in. Like, as soon as I saw that she posted about it, I was like, I want to, like, contribute to this and, like, share my experience. And hopefully it can help somebody else. So um, you can just, if you want to participate in the study, just look up. Honestly, just Google, like, Dr. Kate Clancy period covid survey <laughs> some combination of those words you'll, you'll find wait can you repeat all that again <laughs> i didn't get Co that COVID i didn't get period kate clancy survey tom clancy that's you'll get something very different tom clancy <laughs> that you'll get a book dm your me dad. if you want to talk about tom clancy <laughs> um so <Right> spy. <laughs> this could not be more different than uh tom clancy novel this is uh no no testosterone um so they, the, the reasons that they're throwing around for why this might be happening, because again, they're not totally positive, but um, they spoke to one of the people they spoke to is Catherine Lee, who is a postdoctoral scholar in public health sciences at the University of Washington School of Medicine. And she said, the menstrual cycle is a really flexible and dynamic process, and it responds to a lot of different things in life like stress physical or mental or immune changes, the menstrual cycle is supposed to respond and adapt. So that makes sense. Um, not in this article, but in a different um, thing that I read. I, I really like Dr. Jen Gunter. She's like um, a gynecologist who like is also just like a talking head on lots of things. And um, famously, she, she does not like Gwyneth Paltrow or Goop because of the jade egg thing. The That's jade egg, is, is that an egg that you put in, um, your... in your 
vagina. In your vagina, yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, what is, Dr. Is Jen it, says, don't do it. Is that for Kugel exercises? Uh, I do. I think so. By I, the way, that was like a that was a Jewish noodle, noodle dish joke. Kegel, yeah, I know. Kegel, yeah. Kugel. Yeah. Tomato, potato, tomato. potato. Let's call the whole thing off. Uh, but so she um, she wrote a whole thing on Substack sub about this because a lot of like people that are part of the anti-vax movement are kind of taking this whole thing and running with it and saying that like this proves that the vaccine could cause infertility. And now there's also this kind of like wackadoodle thing where people are saying that their periods, like they didn't get the vaccine, but that their period has been affected by just being near somebody Can that got the vaccine. Can we talk about that for a second? And like, but it makes me so mad because that is, it is a legitimate <laughs> thing that the vaccine affects your period. And I think that we need to talk about it. I want there to be like studies and information, but then it gets like canceled out by people saying crazy shit but like that. Yeah. I've, well, that's just, you know, there's such a, a buffet of, misinformation t today that it just it's so it's like of course of course that would come out <laughs> i mean that is like if you believe in Surprise that you believe not in even like witchcraft yeah right <laughs> sorcery yeah right yeah if 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 your voodoo doll gets moderna uh <laughs> you might you you might grow horns <laughs> yeah uh but so yeah doc dr jen also got into like some reasons why um this could be happening most experts that i've seen interviewed have said for now it seems like these the changes that people experience are short-lived like you, you'll maybe have a couple weird cycles but then you'll go back to normal and like it'll be like it never happened which i sure do hope is true um just one last little factoid to end this on is uh Dr. Jen's theory on why it's happening. She says, I believe the most likely mechanism for bleeding within a few days of the vaccine is due to an impact on the lining of the uterus, which is known as the endometrium, since the endometrium is part of the immune Can you say system. That again three times? No, I cannot. Uh, the endometrium is involved with maintaining the microbiome of the endometrium, defending against infectious insults menstruation as well as the complex immune system interactions required for implantation of the embryo and early development of the placenta so that those are a lot of words but basically can you summarize that please i can summarize for our listeners at home. the gist is your immune system and your um period are linked so the same way they say like it's good if you start to experience any of the other common side effects for the vaccine because they say that that shows that your immune system is working same goes for your period being affected and it's affected a lot of people differently like for me i had extremely heavy flow some people got their period really early there are stories about women who like are postmenopausal that got their period it's also um affected a lot of trans men that are on hormone blockers are all of a sudden getting their periods again which is like traumatic in its own way so it's good to be aware of this stuff yeah and important and to kind of cap it off to your point is you know it's important for there to be good information out there and the ubiquity of information so that people can get vaccinated and feel confident um and also to distinguish from the uh, bullshit that gets circulated the voodoo 100%. yeah yes um what have you been reading about ian so i mean vaccines just seem to be a hot topic to today in <laughs> yeah. in life in the world it is the uh, everybody's, of the everybody's getting them uh 
so I'm reading, I'm, I read an article about people who are skipping their vaccines. This was by Rebecca Robbins in the Times, New York Times. Uh, the article is called Millions of M Millions Are Skipping Their Second Doses of the COVID Vaccines. Now, uh, there were some anecdotes of people who were just being lazy assholes. Right. Um, <laughs> which is not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I I, when like... I read this headline, I, I unfortunately, because I assume the worst in people nowadays, I was like, oh, everybody's yeah, just, everybody being just a bonehead. Just like but I was phoning wrong. it in. I was wrong. Yeah, you were wrong. I mean, I and 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 I read the headline too, and I was like, "This is gonna be like a bunch of like bros that are be like, oh, like I was in a long line at Chipotle, <laughs> and then just realized I missed my appointment." I was like, "All right, yeah, I'm just gonna go home and eat this burrito right. because that's definitely way more exciting than the vaccine." But actually, shocker, it's due to the incompetencies of distributors of the vaccine mm, and administrators what do you know? of the vaccine. Jeez, our institutions are failing us. What a Surprise! I just said surprise. What a surprise! What a surprise! <laughs> yeah, it is a surprise. Um, for those of you who haven't, for those of you who have been li li living in America, you might be f familiar with um, our government's failing us. Um, <laughs> in some cases, problems with shipments or scheduling may be playing a role in people missing their second doses. Uh, this is right, right from the article. Um, some vaccine providers have had to cancel appointments because they did not receive the expected vaccine deliveries. People have also reported having the second dose appointments canceled or showing up to find that they were that there were no more doses available of the brand that they needed. So it's important that if you get if you get Pfizer, um, you got to also, you gotta get, also Pfizer get, get Pfizer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like this is like one of the things where it's like I know some people like the spicy chicken sandwich at Wendy's, but they like the McDonald's fries. They just happen to be across the street. So you can kind of do both. Don't, Don't do, do that with the vaccine. You, you, you need to stay true to your brand, you know? Yeah. I mean, this whole thing, first of all, people, the way like booking the vaccine appointments were set up and then the fact that you have to do it twice, there's just so much room for human error. So much. Well, and I just think also like, again, like when you have, uh, you know, when, when, when you have a, a limited amount of information and there's a ton of misinformation and, and then there's no follow-up when, when the media gets things wrong or when right. governments get things, things wrong. It's just like, you know, I think there's just like, it, 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 it facilitates more lethargy, I think, around like doing it right. And, and then also, yeah, like the idea that like places are running out of the vaccine that they've scheduled people for. Uh, or there was that thing with Walgreens, right? Didn't oh yeah, they they book customers for the for for the second appointment at places that didn't have the same vaccine that, uh, that they they had received for their first. So it's just it's just like a clusterfuck of it's just like literally like we can't do scheduling in this <laughs> like like and, and and but I will say and listen like I'm definitely all for not 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 to get political here, but but I'm all for um taking funding away from the the military. But I got my first and second dose at a military-run facility. Yeah. I feel like that's the only time I've ever seen the military used for for something useful. <laughs> and maybe I, mean, I have to, I have no experience. I think with, that you you went to a state-run one, and I was like city-run, yeah. I think, or vice versa. I'm not sure. And I do have to say, yeah, it was it was amazing. really efficient. It was really amazing. It was so efficient. Um, and I obviously. This article is showing that not every place has been like that. So very grateful for the people. Who but don't forget to buy stock in Walgreens, everyone. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. Um, but yeah, lots of vaccine news. But the, the more time goes on, hopefully all these kinks will be worked out. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. But now it is time for our topic of the week. This week's topic is keeping arguments respectful or really just communicating respectfully in general, Um, which obviously our listener questions, we kind of tapped into that um, like any couple. I think you and I do this with varying degrees of success. Yeah, depends on the day. The day and the topic. But (laughs) I think what's important is that it's something that we both are like self-aware about and and we both like prioritize putting effort into it whereas i think like you know sounds like a low bar right but i think you look at not to be ageist but like i look at our parents generation i look at the baby boomers and the way they argue or even just communicate (laughs) (laughs) there's just not a lot of like self-reflection it's funny there's just a lot of noise um and talking past each other and i think that i have to say i do think our generation is slightly better well, well yeah I, I i i hope you're right i also do wonder though and this is not to be cynical but is it the product of just being with somebody for so long you hit a wall and be like oh i just don't care about the fact that like you're trying to say something i just don't like that thing and like <laughs> i just don't i don't fucking care i hope not I hope not. Maybe, you know, <laughs> I'm being like a smug, like, oh, I'm only in a seven-year relationship. Wait till it's like 20 years and you just hear yeah. that his voice droning on and on. And, you're like, ah. and uh, then she wakes him up with a fresh brick, a brick <laughs> to the head. No, but like I do, I mean, like not <laughs> touch on the therapy thing again, but I do think like for a lot more people, it, um, are way more into self-examination nowadays um, and therefore like are aware of, you know, their, what makes, what are their communication uh, uh, difficulties or like what are their anxiety triggers and and then, you know, you work on that and you learn how to become a better communicator. Yeah. And I think, for a lot of people, and for me in particular, I mean, I think becoming aware of those things at first is definitely like a trip in and of itself. Like it feels, the thing is that you've gone your whole life kind of like doing things the, or like, you know, perceiving the world the, the way you have. And then you, you enter a, a relationship and you start to understand like, oh, like not everything, you know, the way you see things is not always the way other people see them. And when you have friends, you can talk to friends and, you know, it, it's all good. But to like live with somebody day in, day out, you really realize at times like you just sometimes you 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 do things differently and that's why it's important to like be able to like have empathy and sympathy for your partner and like understand like if you're talking past each other you know take a step back and try to like you know like look at the situation from like a fresh pov i would yeah. say yeah yeah and i think like um like something that i know that i do <laughs> That annoys you. I can't wait to hear this. Well, there's a few things, but like I definitely, especially in the past year, I have a tendency to kind of catastrophize. <laughs> and I yes. think I have this, oh, I know I have this thing where I think, okay, if I say all 
the negative things that I think are going to happen. If I say them out loud, they won't happen. So I do that thinking that I'm like, you know, perfect. I'm, I'm like, that's some voodoo. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I think, yeah, I'm outsmarting fate by being like, well, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope this doesn't happen. I hope this doesn't happen. And what I don't realize or what I didn't realize was in doing that, that can take its toll on you. as a partner yeah um so Um, i would agree thank you right and like you don't see the the like mental like journey for me to how i got there you're just seeing like how it you know gets expressed which without understanding like the logic behind it is just like you're being crazy well right and but i think and also and to kind of go a step deeper there like the other thing is that we all have sometimes our own like logic to like that and like i think being self-aware of it so you can com- com- communicate it and then hopefully like have a deeper understanding but also at the same time like understand like you know what is not beneficial to you or your partner as right. as well right and you know what another i think like a good example so like ian loves to hike i don't always love to do that but I, because he enjoys it, I, I want to like try it and do it with him occasionally so that we can share that experience and like do something that he enjoys. Um, but like the thing that stops me from being comfortable doing it, um, is what I would have previously blamed on myself being a control freak being like, well, what's it, what's the trail going to look like? What, what's the weather going to be like? What's the temperature, you know, like, like all these things that I feel like I need to be in control of in order to have a good time. And I like that can be overwhelming to another person, but in talking to especially my- when the other person doesn't. Right. You're, you're more laid back about that sort of thing. So like, I was just like, I was always just like, I'm sorry. I'm like a control freak, but talking to my therapist she's like no you're not a control freak that is just how people with anxiety like to be able to control all the conditions around them because they're afraid of the unknown and they don't trust themselves to be okay in a situation that they haven't like fully prepared for and I think like that helps me understand how I got to these thoughts then I can communicate that to you and then we can have a much more calm conversation about this stuff yeah. rather than just being like, I don't want to do the thing that you want to do. And well, it contextualizes it right for sure. And then the thing is that like, yeah, like, I mean, all, all anxieties are just like a response to like some future thing or some future unknown thing that, you know, you're, you're worried is not going to go the way you want it to. And so, yeah, just having that, that level of like awareness and understanding is definitely helpful. Um, but yeah, it is incumbent on 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 like us individuals to like be able to like unpack those things, and sometimes it's it's daunting. Yes, and I think what often happens is like there's like the blow up, but <laughs> then like you and I are able to eventually come back and have the calm conversation where we like hash out the details. And I think it's yeah. like as long as you can get through the blow up portion, yeah, uh, without. You mean like when dirty? you like when you flooded the bathroom? <laughs> That's another good example. Ago, on Passover, no less. On Pesach. On Pesach, I accidentally did. For a virtual seder, I overflowed our bathtub. Um, because you were letting the water. So 
I turn the shower on. I, I do some things. What are, explain those things. I, you know, get ready for my shower. Forget, I forget that I turned it on, but it's like, it'll be there. It's waiting for me. And, and what I, had happened, what had happened was <laughs> there was apparently a clog in the drain. Um, and, and I heard the water sounded like from the kitchen. I could hear the water in the bathtub and my brain was like, that water sounds louder than usual. <laughs> and, but then my brain was like, it's probably fine. And, and it wasn't then fine. I hear Angela screaming. Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, and did we communicate respectfully in that moment? We did not. I will tell I you, was we did not. Furious. But I think, like, <laughs> I there was a bonehead move. I was able to, and I don't always have this soundness of mind. But in that moment, I was able to be like, <laughs> "He's allowed to be mad, <laughs> and he's going to be mad for the next few minutes." I also think it's not such a huge deal that he should be mad all day. So I kind of gave you a window. I was like, "I'm going to let him." I think in that get moment, it out of his system, and I think. I think I got the right man. I got the right level of man. You did, because then eventually we were able to like joke around about it. Yeah, and um, then we had a lovely guy named AJ from Rotor Rooter come yeah. and unclog our thing. Yeah, and, and everything lovely. worked out, everything and worked we didn't out. hold any grudges. There was a lot of back and forth about uh, blame and placing blame, <laughs> and was it my fault? Was it technically no one's fault? Yeah, it it was your fault. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm going but, to respectfully say <laughs> that it was your fault. That it was the fault of the drain. Yeah. The, the drain is not a sentient being. Anyway. Uh, but see, I mean, like, <laughs> we had our moment where we yelled, but then we, we calmed down. And kind of like we said earlier, problems don't get solved if you don't address them. So you do need yeah. to address issues that you have. You just need to be able to to like talk it out and not yeah. not say anything that you can't take back right and i can read off so angela you and i were looking at this article from psychology T today which is a website on the internet it is we use um, it a lot on this podcast uh, yeah oh do you we do oh nice we trust them so we'll we'll leave you with a couple of uh, quick tips um yeah. from the article better ways to communicate with your partner by Rob Pascale and Luke Primavera, which by the way, I really hope they have they have like a dinner theater lounge act somewhere like in like New Jersey at some like hole in the wall Italian restaurant. They do would, sound like they might be cast members on the Sopranos. I would love to hang out with Rab Pascale and Luke Primavera. Luke Primavera. All right. He's gonna help you with your relationship. <laughs> all right. So when we yell and scream, our partners can't hear words. So it's important to, you know. Try to not raise your voice because you don't really get things accomplished in that sense. And actually, uh, the person who I see for, for therapy talks to me a, a lot about uh, uh, future uh, future pro and long-term con and, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And it's like a short-term, uh, sorry, short-term pro, long-term con and vice versa. So it's a short-term con to kind of get, I mean, it might feel good. It might feel like a relief to like lash out in the moment yeah. because it's just like because you feel anger. But ultimately, like, you're not going to do anything but harm your future self and your and your ability to, like, have, a, you know, a, a well-rounded conversation about something that is bothering you. Yeah. Um, I, I think also it uh, – I grew up around yellers. Like, my parents, when they argued, were definitely yellers. But, yeah. <laughs> like, I, my dad even – like, I've seen my dad break stuff. So, like, I think there's also some unlearning that sometimes we have to do. And that happens 
when you get into a long-term relationship and you're like, oh, wait a minute, not everybody fights this way? This is toxic? I didn't know. Right. And then you have to do the work to unlearn. Right. Totally. Uh, I I agree. I think we all have experienced people that might not be the best at having difficult conversations. Uh, But yeah, so like one of the the things that um, uh, Pascale and Primavera say, uh, trust and commitment are at the heart of effective communication. With trust, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. The V word. I know that lady, Benet Brown, loves the V word. She very, I, do, I do like Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Yeah, she's a she's a she, she's great. Um, we can express our true thoughts and feelings with commitment. We approach conflicts with the interests of the marriage or relationship in mind, rather than our own personal needs. So we tend to be more accommodating and better at listening. Um, only after trust and commitment can honest can there be honesty and mutual re- respect. And these are essential. So you want to come into it. You want to express respect um, because if you don't, then you will yell, and that is not good. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's really important. We've and talked. Don't keep score. Don't keep score. And yeah, that we've talked about this on the podcast before. Laura and I have that. Like, just don't fight dirty. Like, don't bring up like things that you know that your partner. Uh, it is like is like a particular don't like your your goal shouldn't be to hurt the other person yeah. it should be to like find oh. a resolution that works for both of you and makes you both happy your intention never be to hurt don't dig person. up the insecurities yeah don't bring another don't don't bring another weapons <laughs> Don't bring a bazooka to a fist fight exactly and that all and like like the 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 whatever Pascal and Primavera say this all as long as you respect each other that should just come naturally but I don't know sometimes people like like I mentioned maybe the way you were raised maybe your parents fought that way and uh were really like mean or petty or cutting and that's how you learn to fight so but like that's not good not healthy no so that's it for this week's this is my podcast yeah very exciting be sure to check out Angela and Laura's book this is why you're single. And Laura's book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and other feminist fairy tales, they're available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. But please, if you're going to purchase, buy them at your, your local bookstore. And also, just want to plug real quick, uh, Pascale and Primavera are going to be playing at the local Carabas Italian Grill in Paramus, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, order the Clams Casino. It's great there. <laughs> um, thanks, Ian. Thanks for those plugs. You can also get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors in the coach, check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhythepodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast, that was a headgum podcast. <laughs>